Good evening. I hope everyone's thankful to be here. Uh, okay, I must say, by the way, that um, I had a ridiculous, insane day yesterday with like a lot, a lot of curveballs. External, thankfully, not internally. Uh, but like people, like, you know, this funeral, other things came up which could have been very disenchanting. And, you know, just having this class in the back of my mind was such a help and being appreciating the opportunities and appreciating life itself. So I, I, I just, I can tell you firsthand that if we're grateful, that even when things could be a little bit more rocky, whether they're internal or external, it makes a huge difference. Uh, last week we discussed if if gratitude, which we discussed a couple weeks ago, is so integral, so fantastic, so important, so fundamental to a Jew and to life, how is it that people aren't bursting with gratitude? Right? Just dancing in the street with gratitude. And we quote, Revolva quoted the, the Pasuk that when the Jewish people uh, sinned by the Tower of, ba- of Babel, by Migdal Babel, Hashem went to see Asher Banu Bnei HaAdam that the Bnei HaAdam built. And the Medjur says, Bnei HaAdam, these humans, these children of Adam, wait, they're, they're children of donkeys and horses. Of course they're Bnei HaAdam. Where else are they? So the Medjur says, no, they're Bnei HaAdam HaRishon. They're just like Adam HaRishon was a kafoy toiv, had ingratitude for his wife Chava. So too these people had ingratitude to Hashem who had saved them from the flood and were building this tower. And we ask the question, how could it be that a person has, doesn't have gratitude? Don't stop and appreciate the good, the gifts, the opportunities that they're blessed with. And we, we said there are two major reasons. And we discussed the first major reason last week. First major reason why people had in gratitude, we said, was because they grow up expecting things to come to them. Kumt mir. It comes to me. Good mir. We grew up as little kids and we are fed by our parents. Right? A baby, if its mother doesn't come nurse him or feed him a bottle, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it, I cry, baby cries, mother comes, just, that, that's the expectation of a child. And if, as I mentioned, uh, last week, if a parent does not feed their four or five year old child, they would be considered abusive. It's expected the parent is going to buy the kid clothes. Doesn't have to be fashion designer clothes, but to buy clothes that's and the kid expects it. And so we grow up expecting things. We we grow up. This comes to me by by nature of my birth. You owe it to me. Now again, as, as I mentioned last week, it used to be till. 17, 18, now it's to like 35, 36. <laughs> you know, people expect their parents to come, you know, pay for my tickets, uh, get me my birthday presents, college, university. Once in a while, you used to take loans. I think today, it's like your parents have to take, parents are taking the loans. Right? It comes to me, it comes to me. I mean, what do you mean? Um, and not only does, do we, are we raised with things, of course you get this from me. All right, someone told me, of course my mother's going to buy me a gift when I, get, when I have a baby. It's you know, a, a stroller. Who else is going to buy this? I'm going to buy this. Right? I mean, uh, even if, by the way, in your circles, that's the norm. I mean, to expect that and to, to come to me, I mean, that's insane. So, 
that is a problem because we're raised all of us each one of us in this room are raised that way we're raised with an expectation not only are we raised like that but we're raised with an ego ego says like this if 28 kids in the class have crayons and I don't I'm upset I'm not happy that 28 kids in the class have crayons I want my crayons that's what my kids will say I want my crayons it's not fair we don't we're not happy if 20 other people have crayons we want that for the we, there is a certain amount of anoichis that each one of us expect that we, we, we need it. So we have these two paradigms coming through us as we grow older that we have a focus on self. By nature, we are self-centered. By nature, some are more giving than us. But certainly, but certainly, we, it, you know, it, 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 even in natural, like I, I picked that if, if, if 24 people you know, have a house and we don't have a house. <laughs> we're not, maybe we're 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 embittered. That's that's how life goes. By, by nature, people who don't overcome that are embittered, right? And we expect things to come to us because that's how we're raised, and that's extraordinarily different to break out of, right? Because in, in order to appreciate it, we can't have those expectations. And so what Revolva said last week, and this is what we have to know and, and inculcate, on the maluach libecha, pound into our hearts and minds, that nobody, nobody, no human being, and certainly not Hashem, owes us anything. And everything we get is a gift. Everything that we get from a human being, even in a relationship, is a gift. And if we walk around feeling that, it will change our whole dynamic. We don't expect our husbands to take out the gar- garbage, even if he does do it, if he's at tzaddik, right? Certainly some people, be- some people have no reason to expect it, right? Because if husband's never done it. But let's say husbands do, all husbands do something, hopefully. If they don't, please send them to me. Uh, right? So, I mean, you should be doing something. But you know what? We don't expect... That's so nice. Right? I mentioned last week, if a husband calls his wife during lunch, that's a nice... Why should we expect that? Why, why isn't that an unbelievable deed? If our parents come and visit, right? If our children say, good morning, that's so nice. We even, we think our children owe us everything. Of course they're going to do that. Right? They think that we owe them everything. But we also think that they owe us everything. And we say, and we live in a world of kumtmir, even as adults. Right? We live with relationships that, of course this is going to be that way. They deserve, I deserve it, this is coming to me. If we would live in a world where nobody owes us anything, we would appreciate all the goods that people do. That's what Revolva says. I mean, everything would be a chesed at that point. I mean, everything that a person would give to us, we would appreciate the goodness. Even if it's expected, the point is that they lived up to expectations. And they did you a favor. Or they did a good thing. That's a great thing. That's something to appreciate. Whereas a person who doesn't have that, they're constantly, constantly, why didn't I get this? Never satisfied. Le- always bothered when somebody doesn't live up to their own expectations and their expectations. Because this comes to me. This is what I deserve. This is what I need. This is what, what belongs to me. And we ask a person who says, I, no one owes me anything. Right? Think of a person who's ill. If they feel, feel they're supposed to be healthy, then God forbid they'll be angry at God. God forbid. But if they feel like life is a gift, <laughs> right? God doesn't owe me anything. Right? Every ounce, every bit they have from this world, they appreciate God. I've been 
you know, I'll be at a funeral tomorrow, I'll, you know, I'll probably be in the ICU this week. Hey, I can tell you, there are people who live both ways. <laughs> and, and it's, the difference is night and day. Not only night and day is for how they, their own personal happiness, it's night and day how they relate to Hashem, it's night and day how they relate to human beings. Hey, a person who feels everything comes to them, quotes mirror, is not a happy person. Not only not a happy person, they're a lowly person, quite frankly. Hey, it's a lowly way to live. I'm not saying that we all don't have a little bit of that. We all do. But the more we get away from that, the, the more more divine we become and the happier we become. Yeah. I had a question about this idea of entitlement. Right. Like entitlements. Don't get me started on entitlements. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> so, so it, you know, beyond this, this level of entitlement that's set up before your world that we never fully have or, you know, I deserve, I... It seems to me that sometimes even when we wish for something very good, say even in, in the area of, of you know, Rahmias, you want to really perfect the sort of you want to really become the most loving, welcoming host. You know, you choose your picture and then you want to excel it. Sometimes it's just not granted to you. You know what I mean? Like Hashem it pushes back a little bit these things. How do we understand that? That even when we, we crave something that in spiritual ter- terms, yes, yes. well, of course. <laughs> so I mean, no. So I mean, spiritual terms means we have to earn it. The fum tzara agra, according to the exertion, is the reward. And if a person really desires it, they'll get knocked down 10, 20 times. Right. In fact, the pasuk says sheva yipol tzadik v'kam that the righteous fall seven times and get up. Famous explanation of Rav Hutner. That people make a mistake. They think that a person that's sadik, that they fall down seven times and they still get up and they remain at sadik. No, says Rafunder, that the way you become a sadik or in this circle tzadikis <laughs> is by falling down seven times. That's the way you grow. If 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 I decide that I want to be the best hostess and tomorrow it happens naturally, then anyone could do it. No, I don't appreciate it. That's not it's such a level, right? Real levels take crying to Hashem trying and failing trying and failing but sticking to the fight because the person is cognizant and aware two things number one number one that the fight itself is holy the fight itself is important the fight itself even every exertion that a person makes in the spiritual has tremendous spiritual energy a person should never when, you, when a person makes an effort in spiritual realms Person doesn't realize how much ruchnis they bring into life. So even when they think they failed, they really succeeded at some level. That's A. B is, as opposed to the, the material world, whenever a person makes efforts in the spiritual world, they're always requited, which means that they, Hashem will help them. It may not be to the degree that they're ready for it, but Abalatai Hashem assigns. So the person davens to Hashem on spiritual matters it's very interesting the Pasuk says say in Davani open your mouth and I will fill it and the Farshim say that that's in spiritual if you Davani if ladies in the table Davani Tashem and make an effort to have gratitude make a real effort to have gratitude to their husbands to their children to their parents to their friends to their job to Hashem right make that effort guaranteed success it may not be the success we would like in a day or two, but we've guaranteed we're going to have success. So in spiritual realm, in the spiritual realm, if a person makes the effort to guarantee success, if people at the table decide to be a billionaire, okay, um, please speak to me. Uh, we'll look at a plan of tzedakah. 
But most likely it won't happen. I'll tell you why. Because it's, there's no guarantee in that. Right? And quite frankly, being a billionaire may not be best for us. We may, we may think it may be, even with its staka, but it may not be. And Hashem may say no. But if we say we want a spiritual level, if we stick to it, if we persevere, we're guaranteed success. Perseverance in Ruchmias is the most important thing. That's a separate topic. I can, maybe, maybe we'll do that one day. Right? Perseverance, perseverance in spiritual matters, if we would only persevere, that the heights that we can reach, and even the difficulty, you know, listen, if a person, I'll give you an example, I was working with someone recently, they have a desire for sugar, chocolates, uh, jelly bellies, uh, you talk about me? uh, <laughs> soda, you, you name it. They, 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 they're, they're absolutely a good person addicted. Now, a person who has those kind of cravings, imagine they, they, they it's, 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 you know, again, I think every, there's a natural balance people should have. I don't think, you know, for most people, total abstention, not having it at all is a negative. They should ha- have a controlled way. Well, how do you control it? You know, regular voice to say Shabbos. Pick Shabbos and Yom Tov is the days you'll have these treats. And that way you, you, you have it at some level. You're not craving for it. But let's imagine the following thing. The lady comes home and the man comes home. Right, this gentleman cannot get away from chocolate. He became Chal of Yisrael even to, to, li- to limit his choices. And now he finds out, lo and behold, in the Chal of Yisrael today, world today, you can have so many chocolates also. And it's dark chocolate. It's part of chocolate. He goes to parts, he can't, he can't help himself. Right? If you see this fellow, please tell him. Send him to me. Right? He goes there. I think I can. I think I can. I think I... And what happens? He fails. You know what? Let's say he pushes himself off for 15 minutes before he sees that chocolate. And he, and he struggles with it. That struggle is a spiritual struggle. And that struggle itself is making him greater. As opposed to caving in and eating the chocolate right away. Now, eating chocolate, it's, it is a spiritual level. Right? We, we, in theory, we, the aspiration of us all is to eat what we need, not eat what we crave. Right? But that's a level. And they're, they're, I don't think it's the first step for anyone, but it's a level. But that struggle, at some level, is spiritual. A person struggles to be happy. A person struggles not to get angry. A person struggles to, to have gratitude. Those struggles are holy of holies. Now, of course, we don't want to struggle in vain. We should have an approach. This is, we're having an approach to gratitude. We should be focusing how to do it. You know, struggling in the, in the dark is, 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 is not the way to do it. But the struggle itself, in and of itself, is much better. There's a difference in a person who, who, who tries not to get angry at a situation and a person who just gets angry without any control. Right? One person is working on themselves. One person is not. So, in the spiritual realm, of course, uh, we have to persevere. But the perseverance is not going to take us away from a recognition of Hashem. On the contrary, it's only going to connect us to Hashem. We will be davening hard Hashem. Please, Hashem, only you can help me. Okay? Um, so, if hopefully, when we, as I mentioned last week, when we're saying thank you at least three times a day and, and marking it down, because again, you know, if you really want gratitude, that's how you're going to do it. You have to inculcate what we're doing and to have a, a, a piece of paper. Thank you. Thank you to mailman. Thank you to husband. Thank you to parent. Thank you to child. Right? Imagine, you know, you wake up with your baby 3 a.m. in the morning. Thank you for, thank you, my little baby, for waking me up. How, what, as opposed to you. You know how tired I am. I went to sleep at 1 a.m. You know, like, it's a different relationship. Right? We should say thank you. Thank you to a person. So when you say thank you, say thank you. The way you say thank you, as you mentioned last week, is you owe me nothing. 
thank you. That that approach to the thank you is a that different galaxy. Okay, what's the second thing? That's what we'll start, start this week. What else doesn't allow us to have the proper gratitude? Hakara Satov, recognizing the good. It says Revolbo, there is another thing, another reason which causes us to be kaifa toiv. Bizu, and this is false. Kshani makabal toiva mimishu, vani makalo toivaso, ani naslamukhiva. I say thank you, and I acknowledge that you gave me something. I'm obligated. It obligates us. Now, certain people it's really even hard to be obligated to because I'll remind you. <laughs> this is the worst. I, I did this for you. I helped you. Uh, so they're not helping themselves or the person. But there are people who don't say anything, and they don't—they're—they're—they're—they're they're, 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 they're givers, and they don't—they don't make you feel obligated. But you feel obligated. Uh, you feel obligated. Uh, you feel, so people don't like to acknowledge it, even if they're in the receiving end, because it makes them feel like they owe somebody this. Uh, it makes them feel like they—they're indebted. So someone. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't want to step. So if someone tells you thank you, then you feel like you're indebted to the person who said thank you to you? No, the person who has to say thank you doesn't want to say thank you because he feels that he's acknowledging that he is indebted to the person who gave it to him. Oh, okay, got it. I'm happy to clarify that. So, to be stopped and say, to, to, to recognize that this person, this person, this person, help me! That means I needed this person at some level, some form, some fashion. Not only that, do I have to stop and recognize that I was dependent on someone else but me, the great I, but I have to actually say thank you. To say those words, thank you. Yesh bomishum hachanami says there's a certain amount of humility that that entails. And there's a certain amount of humility that that necessitates. In other words, many people are uncomfortable being indebted. Right? Being that I, you did me a favor. Like, someone told me, I don't want you to do this for me. I said, why not? I'm happy to help you. I don't want to owe you anything. You don't owe me anything. You know, I don't owe you anything. Not a quid pro quo. What? It's not a quid no, pro quo. No, but you know what the owing was? To say thank you. Right? That, I don't want to say thank you. Right? Now, the person happens to have a warm relationship, but at some level, there's a certain amount of, you know, I don't want to, have to I don't want to have to be in debt at some level, whatever that means. Um, so, uh, some kids are very reluctant to say thank you. Right? Now, if they're well trained, right, well trained, <laughs> I make my kids every time say please and thank you. They don't get food. <laughs> I'm not joking. They know they have to say please and thank you. Now, they're doing that from a very, very young age. You try to do that, start that with a teenager, you're in, you're in big trouble. You can't start that with a teenager. You know, you, your control is a lot less. But if you do it when they're very young, um, they, you know, you can inculcate that at a very, very young age that if you want something, you have to say, please, pass the ketchup. You know, and here, please, right? And they, they pick it up. You know, you say, please and thank you. But that's, but even that when they're with other people it's a lot harder because they're not trained like at the table it's almost like a training please thank you please thank you you go somewhere else most kids don't like to say thank you they're uncomfortable they're, you know if you ask any of my friend's children who spend any time around me they all say please and thank you 
Good. They'll say, and I'll, they'll say, pass the ketchup, and I'll go, and what's the magic word? <laughs> now? I go, no, wrong magic word, try again. Right. So they'll say, you know, you know I meant, please. Right. You know I meant. Right. Right. But, no, I don't but, but you know what? They also may not ask you for the ketchup then. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing they'll get yeah. and take it. They'll Means, say, but you know I meant it. I go, no, right. I don't know. But what we're talking about is that maybe they won't ask you for the ketchup because of that. Because they don't want to say please and thank you. No, but they really want the ketchup. Right. Ah, somebody else. <laughs> but we ask Hashem, I don't remember the parts, so I'm sorry, that we shouldn't be indebted to another man. Uh, so let's, let's, let's hold, let's hold. Uh, that's a good question. Let's, let's just get farther into this. That's an that's excellent question. So, um, the Hashem, I think you're allowed to Sometimes some kids will take it and like literally run away. It depends on the kid. Actually, some kids are very, very gracious. They're, they, you can tell in a home it's not natural. In a certain home, they'll, they'll be raised to say, you know, please and thank you. Certainly, let's look at ourselves. We know there's a person who I'll make it. I'll make a very easy case. This is an easy case. Somebody hurt our feelings. Somebody didn't do something we really liked. And we have a little bit of hard feelings. Now he helped us out. Somebody helps us out who we're upset at. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what that means? You have to say thank you to that person who I'm angry at. Who I, who I, who I don't want to like. Who I don't want to thank. It's hard. That's very hard, right? And it's easy when it's our best buddy friends, somebody we're very close to, somebody who's helped us. But somebody who's really disappointed us, it's hard to say thank you. You know why? Because I don't want to have to say thank you to this person. I don't. I don't. I, I don't want to have to feel that I owe this person anything. And I wrote some shulik kelav. A who writes a psalm that the person rather even not get not 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 get it, and or he'll, he's forced to or she's forced to accept it because necessity or it's just a stuck in the situation, and then they won't say a proper thank you. That's kriyas atayva. Ki'ilu kafe mechas al atayva lebaltira. Will be in denial that they even had any good. And sometimes, by this desire to not say thank you, could literally make you hate the person who helped you. Right? And you know, I think when Moshe Shari, when someone used to attack him, he's he's the head of a good do people favors all the time. He said, "You know, why is the person attacking me? I didn't even do them a favor." <laughs> you know, like, you know, the bigger the stone they throw at you, sometimes the person that you, they exactly helped you out. You know, uh, I, I remember I was dealing with somebody once, and again they were frustrated. I had helped this person so many times. I can't even tell you how many times I helped this. I mean, like, with immense energy. One time I'm not able because the situation didn't allow me to help them. They get angry at me now. I'm a big boy. I was fine. I felt bad for the person. When you really think about it, this person, no, I, I'm indebted to many, many people. I'm, I'm happy to say I'm a tremendous, I'm a, I have tremendous debts to people. This person was in highly, should have been highly appreciative of how I had helped them out. Highly, highly, highly. I mean, you can't even tell you how much I helped this person out. Um, one time, I couldn't help them. Not because I didn't want to help them. It's not possible to help them. So they're angry at me. You think about that. What kind of chutzpah? Here I helped out this person. I mean, literally, I can't even tell you dozens of times. Dozens and dozens. And what are they focused on? I mean, I could help it, and not that I could have. Now, the truth is, the person has no idea even that, that, that I even realized this. And I smiled and I went along. But when you really stop, stop and think, what chutzpah? 
right? The person is upset because at that time, you know, you, you, you can't. We, we, we all have stuff like that. Right? But what, the, the reason that happens is because a person is a coffee tov. The person would stop and think, wow, this person helped me out hundreds of times in very, very difficult situations and went out of his way to do that. Like, I owe this person so much. Instead of, how come you didn't help me this time? How, you know, you should have made this happen, right? And we all have that. It's, I just tell you, I, when I mention a person, I'm looking at just to, to, it's just to give you the context. I'm sure all of us can tell you, can tell very, very similar stories. Um, the Emes Amro, so Rukum Lola says, the best way, and this is, we have to have a car to tell me I want, but you know the best way to, to give to people? So Rukum said, the Mashkirch from the Mir Zatzal said, the best way to give a person is to not fully give it. Let the person feel like they participated in, in it. Right? That they shouldn't feel embarrassed from the situation. Haraitz Lassus Toiva Shlema, the best chesed, the best way to give someone something is, um, we haven't seen a, right? ask him, you know, give him the thing, but ask a little for it. Like, help me in this way. Like, you're really doing the, the, the heavy lifting, but you include the person so they don't feel like they're doing, they're doing nothing. Uh, I remember Mr. Keisler, right? Anyone remember Mr. Keisler, the elderly gentleman, who's, people have their meals. He used to always say, like, help, let me help in some way. Like, you, you know, he wanted to contribute in some, like, he didn't want to be like, Completely, it's good to make a person feel like they're helping out, even if you're doing the heavy, heavy, heavy lifting. Even God, He deals with us in the same in the same way when we lit the menorah in the Mishkan in the base of Megdash so Hashem said you should help me out light the menorah does God need Moshe to light the menorah? no but if there's a human involvement we'll feel that we're uh, contributing uh, uh, contributing contributing the says this is a Moshal like a wise person a blind person uh, the, so the wise person said to the blind person Bo v'ani somcha v'haya som mahalach kem shenis l'bayz amra pikech l'usum etzel l'hilikli Right? So imagine the person who can see carrying the blind person. They come into a dark house. So the whole time the blind person is being carried by the person who can see. When they get to the house, the, the person who can see takes the blind person and says, Turn on the light for me. I can't see in this house. So I helped you, you helped me. You make the person feel like a mensch. That it, it, that's the best way to give to people. If you, want, if you want to give at the highest level, you'll make them feel not indebted. Great people will make people feel not indebted. Now, I just want to clarify this. I, I, when I was in the Mir Yeshiva, I was close to one of the Sadiqim of the Mir. His name was Aaron David. No one's ever heard of the Mir, probably. Aaron David is an American boy, knows shots pretty well. He's, you know, one of these people who used to give a Chazarashir in the Mir. He was the Gabite Staka in the Mir Yeshiva. It's thousands of people. I remember he told me the following thing, that Rabbi Simcha Wasim, Rabbi Simcha Wasim was a great tzaddik, a great rabbi, he was a Belchad Wasim's son, he used to get kolo checks. He used to get kolo checks and give it out to certain students. But he had a rule. If you ever got a kolo check, you ever got a kolo check, you had to call up and say thank you. That was the rule. You didn't just get a kolo check. You were obligated to call up and say thank you. The money came from somewhere. Right? I know one thing. I, let, me just, let me just backtrack here. I know people, I learned in Lakewood Yeshiva, 
Lake Yeshiva, the Kurl that I was in, hmm, well, there's several thousand students in the, in the Kurl, several thousand. I don't know, and I know plenty of people were very gracious, had a lot of gratitude, but I know also people whose parents would give them things, their parents would give them a monthly stipend, starting out marriage. I don't think they call their parents every time they got a check. I don't think they call their parents. Yeah, they thank them once every while. They don't want it. Parents, of course, are going to support me and call. Parents! Let alone a stranger! Right? They, they just take it for granted. Now, why do Rabbi Simcha Wasserman want that? And why do I want my kids to say thank you? Because we need to do that. But that, that those are things where, where the educational benefit of the person knowing to say thank you. Very often in life, though, if you want to do a chesed to a person, or especially if it's a one-time thing, you don't want them to feel like they're indebted to you. You know, I, I, you know imagine the following. There are many people doing chesedim for Emma Aljas. Tremendous. You know, if you make Emma feel uncomfortable, she won't take. They're such giving people Aljas's, right? There are people who want to give. They don't want to be takers. So if you want to, if you want to give in the right way, it would be in a way where, you know, thank you for allowing me to do this. And some for way you make them feel that they're doing you the favor, not that, right? Or, you know, you ask them, or I was doing this anyways, you, you, you include the person in any form, way, or fashion. That's the best way to do chesed, because they happen to be very gracious people, very thankful people, very out of gratitude. But there are many people who their self-esteem gets hurt, or they won't take it, because you make them feel, or want, not even purposefully, it's not usually, you know, it's usually just a little bit of a lack of sensitivity that I'm the tzaddik, I'm the giver, you're the taker. And people don't like to feel, that's a, that's a, that's a, a feeling that, that many people don't like to, we all like to be takers, by the way. Mm-hmm. Everyone here, myself included, right? If someone has a baby, of course she wants to be a taker. If somebody is sick, of course she wants to be a taker. Somebody, you know, everyone wants to be a taker for Shalom Aleichem. Who doesn't want to be a taker? Everyone needs TLC. We're all takers at some level. Right? But at the same time, we don't want to feel like we're purely the recipient of that. Um, so the way better to do it is to make a person feel good about it, include them in it, make them part of it, um, on top of it. You had a question. No, two things, Rabbi. First thing is, the Algis is after the first round of meals, not even finished the first round. They gave it shellish sodas to the community. Oh yeah, but I was, just, I was just giving you... I know, yeah, yeah. But, but the other thing is, was the situation in Gan Eden where Hashem provided everything and gave Adam one little, well, a job, and it backfired, didn't it? Backfire? No, it didn't backfire. No, Adam wanted to earn everything. But no, no, but it backfired. Remember, we said last week, Adam was a kafoy type. He, right. okay. he blamed, he blamed Chava. Uh, that was how he started last week, right? He he failed. It was his failure, right? It's not earning. It was his failure. He he, he blamed. So I, so it doesn't excuse any of us. We always have to have our cars tough. But if you want to make it easier for people, because there's a resistance, and that resistance goes to us. We shouldn't feel. I remember I was dealing one situation. This, is, this actually was a, was, a, was a real. You know, sometimes we talk about. I give the cases that are black and white. Okay, there are very gray cases. And here was the following case: There was a person who had a relationship with an in-law. Okay, uh, in-laws are. If you want to talk about not wanting to say thank you, the times I find that the most are people and their in-laws. Right? They don't want to feel like they own their in-laws that much. Um, in this case, the in-law had, this is not from here, this did not happen in San Jose, so many think that, you know, they know what I'm talking about, this is not in San Jose, this was in Lakewood, New Jersey, okay? The in-law, the, uh, okay, it was in, it was in Baltimore, uh, yeah, okay, okay, so, 
So, I, I know. so this, this is a serious case. I was, you know, which I was involved with. Uh, the person's in-law was was not ay ay ay. You know, as I told her in Marta the other day, with a certain situation, you know, that Rabbi Rosenstein, who ran Patach in New York, and was very close to my mother-in-law and all the in the, in the, in the therapy world, he used to always say that there are in-laws. And there are outlaws. <laughs> right? There are outlaws out there. And there are outlaws who destroy marriages. That was his point. Right? I heard it years ago. There are people whose marriages get killed because of in-laws. Which means they're, the couple themselves are happy. And the in-laws, even to, to the point of divorce. Okay? That could happen. Especially in young couples. Young couples because the marriage is not solidified. Much more common. This person was a young couple in Lakewood. And the in-law situation was really negative. Really negative, which means they're putting pressure where to live, how to live, which is the worst thing in-laws to do. Right? Where to live, how to live, this. And you know what? At the same time, they were helping support them. So, at some level, the person didn't want to say thank you. You know why? If I say thank you, they're just going to put more pressure. Here I'm saying thank you. Here I'm saying thank you. And they're pressuring me as it is. If I'm indebted to this in-law, right, and they're pushing me around, okay, I mean, on the contrary, they'll just give them more ammo. I gave you this and this, and you know, you're, so, the, 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 what I said is, it's still, you're indebted, you gotta say thank you for this, and you gotta be tough on other situations, you have to smile through life. On the contrary, if you don't have appreciation over the long run, you're gonna lose out on just, as a, in your character, in your character, and in, and in your relationship if you're appreciative even if they press you that will make them work and it happens to be that they have a good relationship today okay uh, but at the time it was difficult because you had a person there was pluses and minuses so what people very often don't want to do is they don't want to empower other people but it doesn't mean you just, the good you get you should say thank you right uh, I mentioned on Sunday there are people who like to avoid life Avoiding life doesn't happen. I was talking about people who have relatives who are not observant. They don't see their relatives. It's not a good thing. Uh, of course, you have to weigh things out. But you got to be able to deal with life. Right? You can't just avoid your relatives forever. That's a terrible thing. Right? You become observant. You, 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 don't, you have nothing to see your relatives. That's a terrible thing. So you go into a little bit of an uncomfortable situation. You have to be in your principles. And you smile through it. But you invest in it. You know what happens? I'll tell you one thing. I have been involved with Hundreds, I can say at this point in my life, hundreds of people have become observant. Okay? Hundreds. And I'll tell you the difference about a person who avoids the relatives and works with the relatives in principle. The per- in the beginning, it's hard both ways, but the person who sticks to it and smiles and makes the effort for the relatives and, the, and shows that he still loves the relatives or she still loves the relatives and takes the, 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 the verbal jarring over time, over time the relatives will appreciate the person 95% of the time and say, you know, I respect them, they still love me, they still care about me, they're a good person, and you know what? That relative may even influence the other relatives to become observant or become a better Jew at some level. If you, if you cut yourself off from your relatives, they will look at you as someone who religion has warped, has made evil, has made distant. What good does that cause? So you, you have less issues, on the long term you have more issues. So our question is avoiding it. Some people like to avoid saying thank you. Let's get back to our point here. They don't want to empower this. If I say thank you, he or she or, or my friends will, will take it back on me. We do what's right. We do what's right. And now there are could be certain circumstances you have to, to weigh out. But that's the 98% rule. Okay? And therefore, 
Right? Even when it's difficult, we should say thank you. Right? Even when a person helps us out, they should say thank you. Somebody does us a good thing, they say thank you. Right? It's, even if, if somebody, even if you don't care for the person, let's say even a person's, you know, not your cup of tea, they do you a good, they say thank you. Don't worry about, I don't want to make myself indebted. The person did you a favor. They owe you nothing. Thank you. Right? That's how a Jew lives. Okay. Next. Now we're talking about gratitude. The, believe it or not, the closer we are, right? Closest causes not not friction. Causes it could cause friction, but it also causes lack of appreciation. We we, we don't appreciate somebody imagine the following thing. Imagine the following thing. Somebody came to your house. Somebody came to your house and brought you a gourmet dinner. Chicken and potatoes. And you were tired. And the pota- they made the potatoes do it just the way you like it. The chicken was marinated perfect. And, the, and they had that Trader Joe's seltzer with, with, with the orange and the ice exactly like you like it. Okay? And they put it and it was piping hot and ready. And it served to you exactly what, the, what you wanted. Wouldn't you be appreciative? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be great? You didn't have to make dinner. Saved you the effort. And then you made it perfect the way you like it. Here a husband comes home. His wife makes him the dinner exactly the way he likes it. She knows what he likes. She gets in the Trader Joe's soda. She gets in the chicken. She gets in the potatoes. Husband comes home. Does he view that like, Oh wow! This is the perfect dinner for me! Thank you so much! This is so, so great of you. My dear wife. Uh, <laughs> I'm taping this. Right? I mean, thank you. Could you? No, seriously. If somebody, a stranger would do that for us, and it goes both ways. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, certainly our husbands, well, not our husbands, your husbands, uh, right? Even, right, do things for you. Well, if a stranger would do it, I mean, who takes, you know, Go shopping, takes out the garbage. If somebody, if somebody else would do that, wouldn't we be so appreciative? Well, that goes back to what you said before about expectations. Right. Oh, 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 oh great. And the, the, the one spouse expects the one, who, the one who's not home expects the one who. But it's more in here. It, more, it's more than expectations. It's taking things for granted. Well, it's both. Right. It's both. It's right. it's expectations. The one becomes the other. Right, and it's and it's taking things for granted. Right. Right, and therefore the people who we're closest to. Wouldn't it be nice if just like a stranger brought us a great dinner, we'd say thank you so much. And especially that if our if the person we care and love and, and have the most does we we should thank them a hundred times more. They're our best friend. They're our parent, they're our child, they're our spouse. Right? I mean, the closer, right, right, we we always should be more appreciative, not less, but the reality is most people, most of the time have less appreciation for those things. Only the spectacular things could we really appreciate. But the, the, the gifts, the constant gifts that we're given in life, we thank a stranger a lot more than we would thank our spouse, our parent, or, or our child. Because we have expectations and we take things for granted. We're so accustomed to getting things over periods of time. <coughs> This person owes this to me. Right? This person, it is expected to me. Right? You know, of course they're going to do this for me. Oh, well, why not? This is that. Um, 
And if you don't get it, if dinner is not ready tonight at the right time, or if the husband doesn't call his wife during lunch, hey, how often say thank you so much for calling me? A very busy day. You're making time for this. Thank you so much. No, if he doesn't call, then you remind him. <laughs> then you say like, if you didn't call me today, how why didn't you call me? You forgot to do this. What about the ninety-nine other times you did it? The person was so appreciative. Hey, I mean the the. the the, 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 the closeness causes a tremendous lack of gratitude at some level a lack of appreciation where if a stranger would do the same exact thing a stranger we'd be so appreciative that's the same deed same same night as all I'll say, get a nice dinner I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this myself so I'm saying something to myself I gotta call my wife after and thank her for dinner <laughs> I think I thanked her but not enough I, uh, if, if somebody would bring me my dinner like that Wow! I mean, exactly the way I like it. Fantastic! And it had me in mind, even though I have other kids in the house, what I would like as well. That's super duper! That's super duper! I mean, really think about it. That's unbelievable! I mean, but we take these things for granted. We take these things for granted. It's the people we're closest to. Okay? And we, on the contrary, if we don't get what we expect, and we don't even say as much of a thank you we say to a stranger... For the person who drives us to the airport, picks us up, takes us out, takes the garbage out, helps us, uh, we, we don't even say thank you, we, we get upset when they don't live up to our expectations at one time or two times. To Halakzeh, this approach, which is, at some level, what many people do, is ma'acher esayachasim. It damages, hampers personal relationships, close relationships, to whatever extent it exists. Especially in Shalom Bayis. A Jewish home, a Yiddish Shtub, a Jewish home is a place of Chesed, Hadadi, Tmidi, Ben Benazuk. It's a reciprocal. If every time a husband would say to his wife, Thank you so much for this fantastic supper, I feel like gold, she would thank him back. And vice versa, if the wife would say, Wow, that is so nice. You went shopping for me. You took out the garbage. I mean, who else goes to Parts Kosher Market? Like, do, do people shop for their friends all the time? You know, pick something up? People do, actually. A lot of people. But a whole shopping thing, put out the thing, right? And schlepped and took it, put it into my fridge, put it exactly in the right place. Right? It knows where it goes on top of that. Thank you so much. But if you don't say thank you, on the contrary, you say, well, you put the yogurt in the wrong place. Did I tell you put the yogurt on the, on the left? You know? I mean, that's the relationship. Right? Right? How come you didn't call me this? How, why isn't my dinner hot? Right? Right? I mean, that, that hurts relationships. Right? That hurts the most powerful relationship of husband and wife. The most, which should be reciprocal, thank you very much, I love you, I love you, care, care for you, appreciate you, into one of clutching, bickering, complaining, or mostly boring so bad, but just lack of appreciation, which is terrible. So your husband works all day, right? Makes a living, okay? Right? And how many person, people say thank you? Uh, you know, how, how, how many say thank you? If he's studying Torah he's speaking Israel. And if your husband comes home from learning Torah, you are smart enough to send your husband to a, to a shir to lecture right it should be thank you for learning for us you're coming back more spiritual to the house thank you for learning Torah for my, our, our house 
I appreciate this. A good wife or a good mother, thank you for learning Torah for the house. You are a better, more spiritual person if you learn Torah. Thank you. Like, you appreciate it. Why did you come back late? Why did you do this? Right? You know. Or, your husband learns and you take it for granted. <laughs> okay, he learns. Very nice. Very nice. No. Or, as opposed to, thank you, this is great. I'd say all your husband should thank you for coming tonight. They should. <laughs> they should. Uh, and you should thank them for giving you up, for giving them up. It goes both ways. It, it just goes both, it goes both ways. Now, imagine this. You know, I think they had this woman's seminar yesterday. So some of the husbands, I think part of the plan is they don't have babysitting to make the husbands realize, you know, what it means to be a mother. They, they purpose, I think it's purposeful, this woman's seminar. They don't, they don't have babysitting. Most of these places, you know, they have babysitting. But here they don't do it because they want the husbands to appreciate. Now, imagine the following thing. The husband or, or the wife is watching the kids having a tough day and somebody comes, not on the floor, takes over the kids, takes them to the park, makes them, takes them for three, four hours. We would love that person. That person would be, they would be so great. They would be fantastic. But when her husband does it, when her wife does it, you come home, take it for granted. Sitting there running on the kids the whole day. You know? So the husband had to learn this a little bit yesterday. Every time I have this experience, that's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> How did you do this to my wife? I mean, this is unbelievable. Six kids is like, can I know? Right? You didn't have them all. She took Steve on the baby. Yeah, right. I didn't have any of them yesterday. I was actually, I was organizing a funeral. They're, 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 they're the babysitter. But I've, I've had that, I've had the bracha plenty of times. So, no, really, I mean, I, I think to myself, like, when I had that moment, like, wow, you know what? But that happens every day. My wife takes six kids every day. I mean, literally every single day. So, and if anyone did that to us, we'd be like, thank you so much. So if the husbands are listening to this, I mean, you should appreciate your wives. You appreciate what it takes to really take a kid. Teenagers, you know, that's a lot of effort. I mean, if any, if any stranger would do it and make them happy, yeah, would make them happy, You'd be so appreciative. And husbands come home, realize, oh, uh, the, uh, 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 the husband, and the, and the wife are doing it, they don't have to think about it. The age, uh, and, and of course, in, in, uh, if, if a wife is working, he, Sarah says, according to Jewish law, a wife doesn't have to work at all. The husband is obligated to support the wife. That's the Ksuba says. Uh, that when you sign a Ksuba, I didn't marry you off. So I didn't write the Ksuba. You do it again. Yeah. <laughs> I always go through. I always go through the ksuba with the husband. I'm sure. I'm sure you're, 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 it's fine. I really says actually he's skipping it. Most American says Maybe it's a different gear, so he's skipping it. Ani means I will cherish. Oker means to honor. Ve'ezer means to, to sustain. Your ksuba ksuba obligates the husband to sustain his wife. The wife works. I mean, fantastic. You should be so appreciative of, of the wife. And so too, uh, uh, it's online. <laughs> you, know what you, can, you know what you can do? You know what you can do? And you, you can put, download it for your husband and put it in his car. And he can listen to it on the way to work. And when he comes home from work, this is, this is what he's going to say. Thank you so much for going to work today. I owe you so much. I'm so appreciative for helping on the family. And then I'll say, this dinner, this is such a great dinner. I appreciate it so much. You checked it for bugs. I know what it means to check for bugs now. After watching Rabbi Eisen, I'm eating lettuce. 
that are clean from bugs. It didn't just happen that way. I am so appreciative. And the lettuce is my favorite dressing. Thank you. And wow, it's a miracle. You didn't even get a Trader Joe's orange juice. You got the orange juice, the Tropicana. My favorite Tropicana. You had to stop at an extra store to get it. And my favorite Universal Collection parts. I know that was... Thank you. Your husband, after listening to this, again, of course he's going to do it. And you know what you'll say to your husband? You went to work today. Support our house. Thank you so much. And you called me in the middle of the day. Thank you. And you learned Dafiomi today. I am thrilled that you learned Dafiomi. Thank you. And you know what that is? That's the way a Jewish house has to be. That is the way a Yiddish is to be. And as such a, as such a host, it's a different galaxy. A different galaxy. Could you imagine how beautiful that is if each one saying thank you to each other like that? By the way, you don't need your husband to do this. If you start doing this at home, it will be it will increase that, that flow of energy in the house. If we have the gratitude, it will increase the flow. If we say, Wow, you learned tell me what you learned. Thank you so much for learning Torah today. Thank you for going to, go to work today. You took out the garbage. You know, you're not a garbage man. You know, you know, you don't getting paid by the city of San Jose. That's great. Thank you so much. You woke up and did this. You went to the, thank you. That's great. you a person creates that positive energy. It's 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 it, it, it creates it. It, it. it just energizes other people. Huashimatsino, of course, it's always a makotayv. So much so that that, that the Volva says it when that Avram asked Sarah. The Malachim asked Avram, "Ayesari shtecha, kinechava al baila." That she should be precious to her husband. Right, so we always know that a person has to appreciate if the Malachim had to increase appreciation to Avram about Sarah when they were close to 100 years old. Right? We need to appreciate our spouses constantly. Right? We have to say thank you to the people who are closest to us. Right? Things which we take for granted. If we just imagine, what if a stranger would do this? How appreciative would we should be? That should only increase our gratitude. Because right, this is a person who's giving us constantly this. And if we do this, so for this week, for this week, our assignment is, right, to say thank you. And we say thank you three times a day. Uh, we should again realize we're saying thank you. No, somebody, nobody owes us anything. And it's coming from the appreciation that no matter what we get, it's a thank you for the depths of our heart that somebody gives us. But one of the three thank yous should be from a person who you typically take for granted. Be it a spouse, be it a friend, be it a boss, right? person who, you know, we assume a boss gives us a paycheck on time. I worked. It doesn't always happen. Right? I have a job. This is so great. Thank you so much. Right? Take one of the three people should be somebody who we typically take for granted and say thank you for the bottom of the heart. Not only would it make us a better person, it will make our relationships better, deeper, and richer. Thank you. Thank you.